Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about web security standards. I'm talking with Giles Hogben, Program Manager for Secure Services with Anisa. Giles, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure, Tom. To begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work with Anisa, please? Sure. Um, I'm a, an InfoSec guy. I've been working in uh, information security and privacy for over 10 years now. And uh, I work for ANISA, as, as you mentioned. ANISA is the European Union body which is responsible for uh, information security. And we advise the, the Commission and the member states, and we also collect information from industry on uh, best practices in, in security. Um, now, my program in particular that I, that I head up focuses on application security uh, rather than uh, infrastructure security that many of our teams focus on. And we, we look in, in the last couple of years in particular, we've been looking at uh, cloud computing, browser security, um, smartphones, and um, secure development. That's been our main areas of focus. Well, Giles, what really got my attention was that Anisa has just released a set of recommended security fixes for new web standards. Could you give us a little bit of background on these standards? Sure. Uh, yeah, well, we, we've just re released this report. Um, HTML5 is the first major upgrade to the web browser standards in, in over 10 years. So this is really a, a major opportunity for us that, that we saw to actually get um, security by design in, in there. Um, HTML5 introduces a number of, uh, a whole suite of new features to, to browsers, some of which have quite important implications for security. And it's also come along with a number of other specifications uh, which uh, support the new features, in, and uh, they, they also have important security implications. So, um, there's HTML5, and there's also uh, the device API specifications, which give access to things like the GPS in a smartphone. And there's also a number of new specifications which allow access across origins. Uh, so before, the web security was relying on what, what's called the uh, single origin policy, but a lot of developers were finding kind of tricky ways to get around that. And these new specifications kind of uh, clean up the mess of, of communicating between web applications from, from different origins. And there's also a bunch of specifications around, uh, say, packaged applications called widgets. So um, we've analyzed 13 uh, of these specifications in total, focusing on HTML5 and uh, that adds up to over 1,000 pages of, of spec. So it's, it's really been a, a huge uh, amount of work. Well, Giles, given the criticality of what you've just described to me, what makes the timing of this report so crucial? Well, uh, as I said, it, th this is the first time in, in over 10 years that we've actually had a chance to have some security by design and actually influence these new standards. So this is really... Uh, a historic, unique moment, uh, a unique chance, a unique window of opportunity for us 
to actually influence the the security of the browser. Um, and uh, yeah, and it, it's really quite amazing the timing because we, we finished our report just uh, and we published it just two days before the last uh, call for comments on HTML5. So it was you know we we managed to contribute to the standards just really at exactly the right time. And before uh, after that, it's going to be baked in for for you know it could be another ten years or or more. So this is really uh, a unique opportunity. Well, given that opportunity, Giles, can you give us an overview of some of the recommended fixes that you've proposed? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going to go through a few uh, examples of, of, say, the, the threats that we identified and, and maybe some of the, the fixes as well. Before I go into the details there, I just want to say that, uh, you know, we looked at not only the individual specifications like HTML5, uh, cores and uh, the widget specifications but we also looked at how they how they fit together and we found a number of issues that actually arise and threats that come from the way that the specifications are slot together and, and the inconsistencies between the specifications and we also looked at the the role of the user in actually um, you know uh, policing security and you know what what what's the role of the user in actually making secure decisions in in these specifications in the browser um, so let's look at a few examples of of stuff that we identified um, so I, I I divide that into two uh the examples into two main areas uh, one is uh say new features of the specifications which allow uh new attacks uh so which, for example, would give access to the user's data, and the other uh, the other area is around uh, defining permissions and and how the user actually um, it, it, there are some inconsistencies and and issues that we identified around permissions. So, first of all, looking at the uh, the threats we identified around uh, access to data and uh, new attacks. Well, the first first example I'd like to look at is uh, the new sandbox element. So that's that's an element, a new element in HTML5, which is supposed to kind of completely isolate uh, a browsing context like a, an iframe or, or something from, from the rest of the browser. And what we found is that actually that, I mean, that's a great thing, of course, but it also has some unexpected consequences in terms of security in that it actually stops um, the some of the protections that the user previously had against click jacking. So click jacking is when you kind of um, hijack the the user's uh, user interface and you 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 overlay a part of uh, one one frame or uh, one a page from one origin over another origin. And you allow that you you trick the user into clicking on a, a place on the page that you um, that they 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 really shouldn't be in, and submitting information to to an attacker. And uh, one of the ways of protecting against that was to check whether your page is actually being framed, because the way to implement clickjacking is to frame a, a trusted page inside a um, an untrusted page. And um, if you're if that trusted page is inside a sandbox, 
it can't actually make those checks. So the um, the basic uh, threat there is that uh, the sandbox actually makes it impossible to to implement the protection against clickjacking click that that you could do before. Another uh, interesting threat is um, that uh, form buttons are now, can now be placed anywhere in the HTML of a page. So whereas before you had to have them inside a, a form element, now the attacker has a much greater, say, uh, possibility, a much greater range of places where they can actually inject uh, via HTML injection, uh, inject a button and persuade the user to uh, submit information to the attacker. We also looked at uh, the new ability to um, specify online content handlers. So, for example, you might um, you can now uh, specify a, a remote uh, URL to manage things like uh, word processing documents. And we found that uh, there's not really a well-defined trust model for uh, allowing the, the user to decide which of those content handlers he should trust or, or not. And also we found that uh, there's no um, real management of the permissions that you give to contact content handlers so that they could you, the user would uh, say give permission once and then completely forget what they've given permission for. And uh, there's a number of um, well-known security vulnerabilities that have arisen in the past around that where you have very obscure content handlers which have been exploited by um, attackers. Um, we, all fa we also found some issues around the GPS, uh, the handling of uh, location data. So for example, um, the GPS cache gives a, a timestamp, and we, we actually question why um, this timestamp is necessary. Why do we need to know when the GPS data was recorded? Um, uh, so that's uh, the, the issues around, uh, say, access to data. And then we had a whole load of issues that we found around um, permissions. So um, first of all, um, one of the questions that we asked is, um, in situations where you have different browsing contexts, like a, a frame and a, within a, a, a wider document, what and you're using the the address of the page as the basis for uh, permission, it's not defined in the specification. Um, what should be used as the origin, whether it should be the document origin or the uh, the or the uh, frame origin. Um, Another really interesting area is around this emerging uh, feature that you find in most browsers now of private browsing mode. Um, and what we found is that most uh, the specifications really don't actually give enough information about how the browser should behave when it's in private browsing mode. So for example, um, if you give permission to a, a site to do something when you're in private browsing mode, should that permission be stored? Um, what happens to data that's cached when you're in private browsing mode? Um, and finally, on permissions, uh, 
the specifications define um, two different kinds of uh, access to the um, location data, what's called one-shot mo uh, access and uh, monitoring. So obviously the one-shot is like a single snapshot of the, your location and monitoring is a continuous access to your location. Uh, but the, the spec doesn't tell you whether I should ask permission in a different way to those very two, those two very different kinds of um, of access to your data. So in terms of uh, what what we uh, what, how we think this should be fixed, um, a lot of this comes from say inconsistencies across the specifications, and um, so we think that W3C should think about having a, a, a separate specification which deals um, exclusively with permissions and so that would help to create a consistency across the different specifications um, in how permissions are dealt with and we, we also see issues with uh, permissions uh, in the specs in how they interact, for example, with an underlying operating system in uh, in the smartphone. If you're going to start using HTML for um, smartphone apps, for example, which is um, something that a lot of people are talking about, um, there's going to be permissions that are asked by the iOS or, or Android, which might actually conflict or, or be or confuse the user when they're they're also asked in the HTML5. So we think there really needs to be a coordination across the different areas of specification when it comes to permissions. So yeah, that that's uh, that was a long a long answer, but uh, hopefully it's uh, that that's the main part of our our uh, report. So I wanted to give you lots of uh, information there. Well, those are great details, Gile, and, and great suggestions. What's next in the process here? Um, well, we have uh, we have submitted uh, 50 different, uh, say, um, threats that we've discovered to the working groups, um, and we're in the process of discussing that with W3C. Um, and I think the next uh, kind of checkpoint in the standards process is will be in January next year. So we're hoping that you know we'll see a resolution to our to our comments. Um, by January, um, so yeah, we've we've published the report and we've also extracted the say the key points for each working group and we've sent that sent it out to the W3C working groups. Well, meanwhile, your own work with Anisa continues. What are some of the other areas that you're working on now for improved online security? Um, well, we are we are uh, working on a, a set of um, say secure development guidelines for uh, smartphones so that's a, a big area that we're uh, hopeful that it's going to make a big difference so I'm working with OWASP on um, yeah, secure smartphone uh, development guidelines and uh, I guess we'll also be just um, say promoting some of the advice that we've given to, to end users on the basis of this analysis of HTML5 and the related specs. Because it's not just about improving the specifications because, um, you know, we see that 
a lot of the design decisions that have, say, created some of the uh, security issues, they've actually been made for a, for a good reason that, you know, to make, uh, make the browser more usable in certain ways. Like, for example, allowing the form buttons outside of the form area actually creates a lot more flexibility to um, to the web developers. So we're in, in some cases, we're not actually expecting W3C to um, to necessarily be able to, to fix all the problems. But what we're trying to do is, uh, say, flag those, uh, some of the risks to the end users. And um, so in that context, we, we made the advice, uh, for example, that users should um, use different browsers for different kinds of um, surfing. So if they're doing, for example, uh, banking, they should use one browser or a different browsing context. And if they're, say, like in my job, I spend a lot of my time researching security vulnerabilities and I might go end up going to some dodgy websites, then I should use a different uh, browsing context for that. And, you know, at the moment you can use... Uh, say, a different browser for each of those contexts. But we're hoping that the um, we might persuade some of the browser manufacturers, uh, the browser vendors like Firefox and Chrome, to actually make that separation of uh, contexts easier within an individual browser so that I could have different settings uh, for different contexts. And I might, for example, be able to turn off some of the more insecure features that you see um, which are you know necessary for for more kind of user-centered browsing when I'm doing something much more sensitive like like um, uh, internet banking so uh, yeah that's one of the areas that we're really going to be promoting and and also we want to be looking at um, the uh, uh, trying to trying to get uh, a, a formal specification of of how the browser should be, behave in private browsing mode. Um, so, because at the moment we think that you know having all the browsers having a private browsing mode is is a great thing, but then it's not really well defined enough in the W3C specifications, and we'd like to promote that as uh, you know the next step to. Um, to create a private browsing mode specification that is common across the different browsers. Um, and as I mentioned, also we think that uh, creating a, a common permission spec is, is something that we want to promote. And uh, also we see a number of uh, initiatives coming up like uh, um, CSP, which is Content Security Policy, um, which are really going, we think, going in the right direction in terms of creating control over functionality that uh, web pages implement. Uh, another really interesting in initiative from my point of view is uh, strict transport security. So the ability for uh, a web page to say to, uh, to the client, I'm only going to communicate with you using HTTPS. And I think that you know that's a really useful feature that that we would like to to support. Um, so yeah, that, that that pretty much sums it up in terms of where we're going. Well, clearly no uh, shortage of topics to explore, Giles. I thank you so much for your time and your insights today. 
Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I've been talking about web security standards, and I've been talking with Giles Hogben. He's the Program Manager for Secure Services with ANISA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.